Top of the 5 o'clock hour here in our nation's capital. It's the youngest in charge room at Linnell Willingham. In for Craig Hoffman here on the Hoffman Show, which you can catch weekdays. 4 to 7, right here on the Team 980. Abbreviated show today. We'll take you to 6.30 before we hand things over uh, to our coverage of Maryland Terrapins basketball. They're at home hosting Alcorn State. Right now, though, you see it is 5 o'clock here in the district. That means it's time for Not My Beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not My Beat. Joining us today for Not My Beat is our pal David Harrison. He is the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast. He's also the co-host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at DHarrison82. David, what is going on, my brother? How are you? What's up, man? How you doing? I am good, man. Good. Long time no see. I hope you had a happy holiday with the fam, my man. Um, But, David, obviously we got to get to the the heavy-hitting news at hand. Yesterday, or was it Sunday? Montez Sweat in the comments that he made post-game about the state of the Washington Commanders. I believe he said, when I got traded to Chicago, we're playing for something. The guys in Washington were just waiting for the season to end. Now, you've been in that locker room each and every week, multiple times per week. Is that the vibe yeah. you get from this Washington Commanders locker room, or, or do you call him poppycock on what Montez Sweat's talking about? Yeah, I mean, that's not the vibe I get. And, and you know, watching them at practice and talking to the guys in the locker room, and then specifically when that trade went down, you know, that's that's following, you know, the loss of the Philadelphia Eagles. And a lot of people wonder, you know, if, if they come away with that win, does the trade still happen, or or do they keep the keep the band together uh, and all that stuff? But, you know, to to a guy, when you talk to them in the locker room, you know, they, they made a point to make sure it was known that, like, this, you know, no matter what, the outside world thinks or what the national narrative is going to be that nobody inside the organization was, you know, waving the flag on the season. Uh, now, obviously, you know, things haven't gone well uh, since then. And there's, there's certainly some frustration and all that stuff, but that's, that's kind of what, you know, surprised me the most, I think from, from what Montez uh, said is that, you know, he kind of left an organization that was just waiting for the end of the season yeah. uh, to come. Cause there's definitely still a lot of, of football left to be played at that point. Well, David, I, I will say this. When you get outscored 90-25 to 25 in the span of eight quarters, I mean, some people may think that you're tanking on the season. Obviously, Washington coming off of two really tough losses, Thanksgiving against Dallas and then uh, two Sundays ago against Miami. As we reset things here and look at the state of the team, big picture here in the final month of the season, is there one thing in particular or a couple of different things, David, that you really are going to be focused in on here in this final month? Yeah, I mean, I just want to see Sam Howell continue to get, you know, smarter as he gets more experience. You know, with any young quarterback, you're going to have growing pains, obviously. And we've we've certainly seen plenty of them with Sam this, this year. Uh, but we've also seen, you know, really good stretches where you can see that growth and that experience really kind of taking hold. And I think lately, you know, especially with the, with the pick sixes that are happening, I think we've seen a young quarterback who just kind of understands that in order for his team to be competitive, he's got to make plays. And that level of pressure – you know, can do a number on any quarterback, veteran or, or young. But, you know, the younger you are, the more pressure it's going to put on you. And, and then, you know, it, it colors the decisions that you start to make. But at the end of the day, like, it's it's harder. It's easier to, to say it than it is to do it. But, you know, the quarterback needs right. uh, to just make the right decision for the team uh, in that moment versus thinking, you know, big picture and the entirety of the game. So, you know, on, on second and eight, 
uh, you know, in the first quarter and you're down 10 already or something like you, you need to take, take the four down or the four yard check down instead right. of trying to, trying to missile the, the deep ball down, you know, between two defenders and, and things like that. And I think that's where, you know, the, the most growth can happen for Sam right now is learning how to quarterback a struggling team. Cause you know, it's, it's easy to quarterback a winning team and don't be wrong. Like the, the act of winning itself is not easy, but when everything is going well, it, it's a lot easier to be the, the leader of the team, the quarterback of the team, but it's when things are going bad and your smart decisions weigh even heavier uh, that things really get challenging. So I, I just want to see even more growth from him uh, in that realm if we can. David, I want to ask you about Sam in a little bit more detail, but from a different vantage point, right? We've you know gotten to know this young man over the past 12 to 18 months. And I, for you, someone that's really in that locker room on a day-in and day-out basis and around the team so much, how have you seen his demeanor or have you seen his demeanor change throughout the season? Because as you mentioned there have been just all types of peaks and valleys and roller coasters that he has been on this year with this offense. When you talk to him and, and see him in the locker room, you know, just how, how is he handling himself? Uh, he's the same dude. I mean, he's, yeah. he's the same guy uh, that I met when he was a, you know, third string rookie quarterback, you know, coming right out of rookie camp and, and all this stuff. Like, yeah, he, he's the same guy. And, you know, I always go back to, I talked to Deami, uh Deami Brown at one point and, and, you know, he said, you know, if Sam, if Sam's demeanor ever does change, he's like, I might freak out because that would be the first time I ever saw it in my life. And <laughs> that might mean something really bad is going right. on. And, you know, I, I mean, I think you can tell the fatigue, you know what I mean? Like you can see yeah. the fatigue on him. It, it's kind of like, you know how they do like with presidents, like they take a picture of the president at yes, his inauguration yes. and then <laughs> show it like four years later, like you can just see the fatigue yeah. on him. But I mean, I think that's natural. That's, that's just the natural course of things. And obviously when you're losing, you know, no competitor is going to take that well. So, uh, I think you can see that, but like as far as his demeanor is concerned, like it, he's the same guy. You know, you, you talk to him at the press conference, talk to him in the locker room. Uh, you know, you see him, you know, throwing down cards or something in the locker room when uh, when the guys have kind of yeah. a down moment to do that, and you know, players have down moments to right. do that kind of stuff. It's okay, <laughs> um, but you know, he's the same guy. The guys are all the same to him, and I think that's really the big thing. Is like you know, you would be worried if you know. It, I mean, you'd be worried if his demeanor did change, but you'd also be worried if the demeanor of the guys around him changed. Uh, and, you know, the dynamic in the locker room, you know, obviously, again, like you said, you can you can feel the losses, you feel the frustration from that. But as far as like the personal one to one relationships and and all that stuff and interactions are all the same. And I think that just kind of shows that they're, they're at least on the same page, even if uh, they're not necessarily getting the results that they want. We're joined right now on the Ace Law guest hotline by our pal David Harrison. He's he's the host of the Locked On Commanders podcast and the co-host of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. David, been a little while since we caught up. Love your perspective on this particular item as well. Uh, John Keim and Jeremy Fowler of ESPN obviously put out their piece last week kind of uh, documenting what the past four or five months have been like in Ashburn. They went and highlighted, you know, the involvement of the ownership group on the trade. Uh, but one thing they really got into the nuts and bolts of was Eric Bieniemy and how he has been perceived in that locker room with amongst his peers, with the coaching staff, and then the players. Um, like I said, we've been saying it all show long here. You are around this team on a day-in, day-out basis. First of all, I just want to get your initial reaction to when you read the story. I mean, you know, it's I don't I don't really think there's anything too outlandish in the whole in all the Eric Bieniemy stuff. I mean. Um, we're all creatures of comfort, you know, um, 
So to go from a, a relatively soft-spoken offensive coordinator like Scott Turner, who, uh, you know, I've never been in a meeting with either EB or Scott Turner, but just from their outward appearance, you know, from what I can best kind of take away from seeing them on the practice field, like Scott's more of a break it down, explain it, talk about it type of coach. And EB is more of a, here's what you messed up. Don't mess it up again. I'll go do it again type of coach. And, you know, some guys prefer one method. Some guys prefer another method. Um, you know, the, the, the biggest, the biggest tricks of leadership is to be able to communicate with all sorts of different kinds of people while not sacrificing who you are um, because, you know, people will sniff out fake in a heartbeat. And, and as soon as you're, as soon as the people who are, are supposed to follow you, sniff out that you're being fake. You, you've lost the entire room, not just the guys that you're being fake to, but the ones who, who believe you to be a real dude are also going to see that you're being fake, even if it's just other people. So you, you really kind of have to balance, you know, how to, how to approach other people, but also how to maintain, you know, your sense of self. And that's, that's really kind of the balancing act that doesn't always go right. But, you know, if, if the biggest complaint, and this isn't necessarily the biggest complaint, this might be the biggest complaint that is out there right now. Right. But if the biggest complaint is, we're used to having Mondays off and now we have Tuesdays off like that, <laughs> you know, that's honestly like, I don't want, I don't want to minimize family time and, and routines and, right. and all that stuff. But listen, you can, you can, you can adjust your life to have Tuesday off instead of Monday off and find uh, a happiness. You know what I mean? Like that, right. that, that can't ruin your life. Like if that, that you can't, you, nobody, and I'm not saying anybody is, but like, you can't be so fragile in your daily life, but that type of a change is just going to mess you up because um, that's, I mean, you just can't, you can't be that. You can't have that lack of resilience and be in this profession. Um, now that being said, mm-hmm. honestly, I just, I agree with it. Like I agree with, it just, it makes more sense to me to come out of Sunday, win or lose um, and, and break down the tape. Like right. why take a day off, come back the next day, break down the tape of what you just did, then come back the very next morning. Now let's talk about the future. No, like go, Go to the meeting room the very next day, and it's, it's probably a fatigue thing. You get home late from the game, and you gotta be in there early Monday. And I get that, but right. you know, break down what just happened while it's still fresh, and while while we don't have to worry about anything else. Go home Tuesday, digest it, let the lesson sink in from a coaching perspective. Like I promise you, he's not taking Tuesday off. He's getting started on working for the next opponent, and then you come in Wednesday, and boom, you're starting off fresh uh, uh, with with a 24 hour window to really kind of reset and. So to me, like, it just makes sense to have that Monday film review, Tuesday, day off, Wednesday, we get back to game prep uh, schedule anyway. But again, like, like I said, we're all creatures of, of comfort. You know, if, right. if uh, I mean, you know, just for example, we just got an email today that uh, we're supposed to have 1150 press conference with Sam Howell on Wednesday. And instead we're doing 1155 practice and Sam will talk after practice. And, uh, you know, for me, no big deal. But for somebody out there, that might be yeah. uh, a really, you know, drastic shift in their schedule that they don't appreciate. So we're all we're all different and try not to judge people too much. But like, if that is, and I'm not saying this, but if that is the biggest shakeup that EB has caused uh, for the totality of the season, that's it's relatively small compared to what some people want uh, there to be. David, I'll say this: a lot of negative reaction and backlash from uh, Kime and Fowler's story. I think it paints EB in a very damn good light. If anyone knows. Uh, what the culture has been like here in D.C. for the past 20-plus years. David, I'll let you go on this, my man. Uh, I actually think I caught you talking about this uh, either yesterday or the day before. Washington right now slated to have the number four overall pick in April's draft. If the season ended today, David, and you have this data to work with, at pick number four, if you're Washington and a quarterback is there, do you take them or do you go best player available? No. No. We go Alufashanu. We go Alufashanu number four. Right as of right now. As of I mean, right you now. Know, there's, 
there's a lot of time left. And, and truth be told, I've only watched two games of Olu. I've only one, watched one game of Joe Alt. Mm-hmm. And these are these are broadcast copies. Um, you know, I haven't been able to get my hands on any actual like coaches' film uh, yet. But the, the fortunate thing about tackles is, for the most part, you see yes. what you need to see uh, even on the broadcast tape of offensive tackles. But you go over to Sean, who I, I love Joe Alt, uh, but I think Olu's just the, the more natural tackle. I think it, it comes, I don't say easier, but a little bit more naturally for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talk about projecting to the next level. Uh, like you, you don't want the guy who is kind of out there like on an eight, you know, out of a 10 scale kind of already at an eight level, uh, eight, eight right. level of, of energy yeah. output to, to perform the way he is. You want the guy who's kind of like working at a six, because uh, then if you can get him to crank up the effort even more, maybe you can give him uh, even better. And again, that's very, very preliminary, yeah. uh, premature, you know, type of evaluation. But, uh, you know, look, it, it's going to depend on the coach, obviously. It's going to depend on the GM and all those things. But I think Sam has done more than enough to deserve another crack at you know, continuing his development. Year two is typically the year that players take their biggest leap. Well, for Sam, you know, next year would be his year two of, of functional uh, experience. So I think that's that's incredibly important. Um, and just, I mean, how do you put how do you put any quarterback uh, behind this offensive exactly. line? And they've done better as, a, as you know since the changes were made after the New York Giants game. They've done better, but even even though they've done better, it still hasn't been great. And I watched Tom Brady flounder, and you know, I know he's not mobile, but I watched Tom Brady flounder behind. Uh, a subpar offensive line. You know, you put the greatest uh, in the world back there, it's not going to matter. You know, the Miami Dolphins are struggling uh, to keep offensive linemen healthy, and Tua is not uh, being as efficient. And, you know, Granny lost Tyreek last night specifically, but even before that in some other games where, where teams can bring pressure, uh, he's, he's had some struggles. You know what I mean? Like, you you got you to gotta give a guy a platform to perform off of. And right now, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care what quarterback or how much hype he's got or how many highs he's got in his closet. Uh, you got to shore up the trenches. Yeah, it's sure. I always go back to Daniel Jeremiah and Buffy Brooks, man. They say if you're really good in the trenches, it's hard to be a bad team. Well, if you're really bad in the trenches, it's really hard to be a good team. And that's what we're seeing right now from Washington. Yes, we are. David, I know you got to get prepared for an eventful media availability tomorrow with Ron Rivera and the boys out in Ashburn. Uh, we will do it again soon, my man. Thank you for giving me some time. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. That is David Harrison. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at dharrison82. And then check out the Locked On Commanders podcast. You can get that on YouTube. You can get that wherever you download your podcast as well. Uh, David, I didn't even mention it while I was on the air. Really one of the most diverse backgrounds of anyone that covers the team. Military brat growing up. Spent a lot of time uh, in the service. I don't know how long he spent uh, in the Army, but I know his vantage point and his idea of leadership uh, is a little bit different than the average Joe because of his military background, but always good uh, getting some time with him. When we come back, we got some breaking news, Anthony Haney. We'll get to that uh, on the next side, on the other side of this break. And then the most highly anticipated power ranking segment in all of sports talk radio. It's Nell's Super Six Pack next here on the Team 980.